Welcome all. Come one, come all. We are Offensive Points, and this is the IDP Plus channel. IDP Plus being the preeminent place for all things fantasy football. We have done some hard work this offseason. We went through a colossal rebrand to ensure that we're all get, we're giving our subscribers the best advice, the best tools, and the best community on the planet. That's really what we are here, folks, and that is community. Head to the site, join that community, and make some friends. We have some absolute studs working at the channel now, and I am very excited for the days to come. So today, we will be asking some burning questions for this NFL combine that started this week. We have some pretty big news regarding a project that we've been working on. Um, but before we get into that, let me stop talking for a moment to turn it over to Billy Manziel. He is our college football aficionado, and it's only right for him to announce the news since he has been working tirelessly to make this happen. So go give him a follow at Ombre Vendor. Follow the show at Offensive Points and follow the channel at IDP underscore plus. Billy, what's up? How's it going, Joe? Um, before we get to that announcement, I just wanted to say our background of this video is still the IDP guys. What is like? I know Josh is on paternity leave, but like that doesn't mean we're taking days off from getting the, re the, the rebrand back into action. So. Like what? I guess, he might listen to this. He might not. I don't know. I don't know how he goes about consuming our content, but he needs to get on that, Joe. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, he's spending time with Ozzy, his son, and I guess just dicking around outside of that because we need our rebrand right now. Well, he's already he's already teaching his son bad work habits because he's just decided that he's not going to fix this background for us. So the background still says IDP guys. We're IDP plus now. We've been that way for a while, but now we're officially rebranded to that. So, unfortunate. Um, all right. On to the big news that we would like to share. Joe, myself, and Josh all have been working on a rookie guide. It is going to contain 100 players, both offense and defense, that you're going to need to know going into your drafts. Now, the first rough, you know, the draft guide should be out. I would say sometime in March. I hate give. I would not give an actual deadline, like you know, actual date, because that is up to Nate and the powers that be above us. But things happen, man. Will... Publishing a magazine is not is not easy. Exactly, especially when you got our, us three working on it, you know, and they've got to go through, clean it up, make everything sound good and look good for all of you out there that are going to consume that guide. I am very excited about this. I've read most of what has been written so far. And it's very enjoyable. You're, you were wondering going into this how the three of us were going to be able to all write profiles and make them sound like not just completely three different people talking. But luckily, most of them kind of, you know, flow into each other. So that's pretty exciting. It's all the players that you're going to need to know going into your drafts. There's probably more that we're going to add as they go up and down throughout the draft season. But I'm very excited about this, Joe. I don't know how much fun you've had working on it, but it's been very eye-opening to get some of these players um you know profiled yeah no i this has been a really fun exercise i mean every year we do this we dive into the rookies right but <clears throat> actually diving into the bios the backgrounds i mean we pick up on it here and there but i mean my favorite part of doing this is hearing these guys stories so like ray davis mm -hmm. um his parents were incarcerated and he was younger he has 14 siblings he grew up on the streets or in a foster homes then his senior year of high school runs for 1,700 yards and 35 touchdowns in eight games. I mean, that's incredible. And then you got Junior Colson. He's he's a Haitian-born guy. He's from Haiti. 
orphaned at a young age. And then a couple from Tennessee traveled to Haiti to help clean up after the earthquake, adopted him. And, you know, it just really helps you put into perspective the odds these guys have to overcome to make it to the NFL, to be a professional football player. It's just phenomenal. So I've had a really fun time doing this and I am tired of watching tape, but I love doing it. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, one of my favorites was Chop Robinson um, finding out, A, that his name is not actually Chop, and then finding out where Chop came from because when he was a kid, he was a large child, so they called him Pork Chop. And as he got older, he decided that Pork Chop sounded too childish, so he just dropped the pork, and he's gone by Chop Robinson ever since, which is just a fantastic name. I mean, just an incredible name. So, yeah, learning about these guys' stories has just been one of the bright spots of this and just kind of following how they've gotten to where they are today is just really fascinating. Um, I, I, and by the way, you were, mentioning Ray, you're, you were mentioning Ray Davis's uh, like incarcerated parents past. ESPN is going to slurp that up. They love bringing up whatever kind of bad things have ever happened in your past and then splashing it on the the Chiron during your draft, during the happiest moment of your life, getting drafted to an NFL football team, they'll just splash it across the page. I remember when they did something similar like that to T Higgins, when he got drafted in the second round and they splashed, I don't remember what it was. I don't want to like say what bad thing it was, but it was something to do with his mom and they just threw it up on the screen. And I'm like, T Higgins is at his house right now going through a draft party with all of his friends and family and ESPN just throwing up some, very dark thing about his past or his family's past on the screen. Like, what are you guys doing? And yeah, it's, I don't know, doing the research and, and coming up with the bios and stuff is interesting. I left that part out of my bio. I just said he had a rough upbringing. I don't think it's right to air everyone's stuff out, especially at it's this not. ESPN absolutely already right. has the graphic made for it though. As soon as yeah. you, you didn't have to say that they're like, somebody's, in jail potentially okay well, we've got down. boots on the ground <laughs> make the graphic sir make the graphic so we can throw it up when he's excited to be drafted in the fourth round or whatever um yeah so all right without further ado joe let's get right into this we are doing the 10 questions that we have going into the nfl combine joe we this is kind of an interesting year, and we're going to get into this more in our questions, but there's definitely some interesting things happening. Um, but there's a lot of players not participating in the Combine. Um, before we get into this, and we do have a couple questions, so we don't need to spend too much time on it, but how do you feel about this amount of big-name players not participating in the Combine? It seems odd. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think in our chat we were talking about this with Jeff Bell a little bit, but the um, – I mean, like – Marvin Harrison, for example, he's proven it. He's got the pedigree. He's got the pedigree with his dad. He's got the resume at Ohio State. Like I said, if he wants to put himself in bubble wrap and he wants to go lay in an isolation chamber, maybe just get massages all day, every day for until the draft, until camp even, I get it. I 100% get it. Um, so I understand the you know, wanting to throw uh, your pro day with your receivers or have your quarterback throw. I, I get all that. I just don't. It's not good for the entertainment factor. I mean, it's, I mean, we want to go see, we want to see Malik neighbors just gas everybody at the combine, yeah. but we're not going to see that. So, well, not only that, and then I, I just don't understand what's going on. I mean, it used to be the very top cream of the crop guys may opt out of testing. 
may opt out of testing. Like even like Jamar Chase tested, by the way. So it's not unheard of that like top players do test. Marvin Harrison Jr., maybe I can understand he's probably not going to hurt help himself at all this weekend. He probably could only hurt um, Caleb Williams, probably for sure going to be the number one pick. Not really anything he needs to prove by throwing it. But everyone else, and that includes Malik Neighbors, you needed to be there this weekend. I'm sorry. like You need to pr- prove something because your pro days are nothing to me because it's all supposed to juice up the players that play there. I mean, if you're at the LSU's pro day, every LSU player is going to have their fantastic day. They're going to be a little bit taller. They're going to be a little bit faster. They're going to throw the ball a little bit better than, you know, than they would. And yeah, at the combine, you don't, you know, you're thrown into a, a, you know, boiling pot with everybody else and you've got to rise to the top. In this case, pro days aren't, aren't what they used to be. So I don't know, Joe, I don't, I don't love this being something that the combine has become now. Like we cannot do this going forward. I don't think, and I have it be something. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. I just think, you know, especially what happened with David Ajabo when he blew out his Achilles during testing. I I mean, David Ajabo, I thought was going to be a phenomenal defensive end. I'm pretty sure that um, was at the pro day, by the way, at Michigan's pro, pro day. Is when that, I think, I'm not, yeah. I would have to double check, but I'm pretty sure that was at Michigan's pro day, which further should tell you like what this is. But you're right. You're right. It could happen. Yeah, I mean, anybody, I just – me personally, if I had millions of dollars on the line and my whole future ahead of me, I would strongly consider just, you know, shutting her down until the draft, see what happens, because these guys are going to make a ton of money no matter what. You know the guys coming out, especially the SEC guys, are going to be drafted highly. They don't have that entirely much to prove. So I agree with you, but I understand where they're coming from. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're locked in top three pick, why but at the same time, I don't know. I, I still – the guys that aren't locked in top three, I might consider it at least. Okay. I'd well, be pretty pissed off. No, just – I'm going to go on this tangent okay. one more time. Okay, okay, I'd okay. be pretty pissed off if I was C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young and I went to the uh, – you know, I went to the Combine, and the next thing you know, all over the sports shows for the next three weeks is how uh, – but Will Levis is going to be the number one overall pick because he's athletic and looks good and everything. So I can totally see not participating. I'd be like, why the hell am I even out here if you're just going to run with the narrative and try to take my value that way? So I get it. Well, we're going to ponder a little bit about that in these yeah. first couple of questions. So without further ado, Joe, with the first question that we're going to talk about tonight, with Malik Neighbors opting out of the combine testing, is there a chance now that Rome Adunze is going to overtake him for wide receiver two? There's always a chance, but you know, I've looked at both these guys pretty heavily, and I don't think he will simply because Neighbors is the better prospect. In fact, I think actually there's a pretty big gap between Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors, and then Rome Adunze. I think those two are just head and shoulders above the rest of the pack. So I think it would have to take Adunze doing a ton at the combine, which I don't really know what he can do at the combine where he would stand out enough to get himself ahead of neighbors. Well, it's funny you say that, Joe. I was reading a mock draft today, and they had Odunze going six to the Giants, and they had Malik Neighbors going nine or ten, whichever the Bears pick. But they had the Bears picking Malik Neighbors – as the wide receiver three. And that got me thinking like, 
Romo Dunze is going to show everything. The thing that happened last year for Anthony Richardson was he came out and he looked like a Greek god out there in the combine testing, and that is what every GM needed to see in order to solidify him as a top four pick. Everybody left this weekend thinking, okay, yeah, like that guy is definitely a first round pick. Like we don't even need to bother ourselves with thinking that he's not going to be over Will Levis. Like that's for sure going to happen. So I was thinking this weekend, Roma Dunze could, and you know what it is? It's going to be just seeing him next to all of the other wide receivers in the draft. Malik Neighbors, on the other hand, you're going off of tape, and that isn't always a good thing. I, I just, I don't know, Joe. I think there is a decent chance that we walk out of this weekend thinking Marvin Harrison Jr. one, Roma Dunze two, and then Malik Neighbors because we're not going to have Malik Neighbors supposedly can run a four two. We're never going to see that now. Like, he's going to do an LSU pro day, but you can't trust them. They're not going to show us the right amount or the right time. Like, they're just not. They're they're incentivized to juice their guys. That's just how it is. So not running at the combine, given you could get hurt, and you don't need to prove that you can get to a 4-2, but seeing it next to all of the other wide receivers that are going to be running the same day, even if you did it once, you don't have to do both trials – it could have solidified Malik Neighbors as that wide receiver too. Listen, long run of things, it's not going to harm him in the process. He's still going to get drafted to the top 10. I don't have any doubt in my mind about that. But at the same time, I do think Roma Dinze might jump over him just for the fact that you're going to see him and you're not going to see Malik Neighbors. Out of sight, out of mind. No, I, I totally agree with you on that one. I just, you know, it's 2024 now and there is so much technology and so much you know, everything is so hyper elevated now in 2024. These coaches and scouts have been around Malik Neighbors for years now. They've seen him play. They've seen his speed. Hell, they've probably clocked him in a dark alley somewhere between, uh, you know, somewhere in Baton Rouge. But, I mean, that's that's my biggest thing is, you know, with the combine, I think it's better for the smaller school prospects, the smaller names. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw, you know, John Ross really helped himself by running a blazing fast 40 time, got himself into the yep. first round. But we haven't really seen wide receivers, especially because I don't think there's a whole lot of tests that wide receivers can run where they're going to fluctuate that much in the order that people already view them as. I mean, Bryce Ford Wheaton came out and ran a four, th- or what was it, a four three, and he's like six foot four, just a monster of a dude, and he still went undrafted. So, I just think, you know, as far as where Malik Neighbors is, I think everybody already knows. Now, Rome is awesome, and if he does jump him over, I wouldn't be surprised because he could fit very well with the Giants. He kind of does what Jalen Hyatt was supposed to do for them, but is a much better player. So if that's how they want their offense to run and that's the player they're looking for, Rome's probably their guy. Yeah, it is some, it's going to be something interesting to watch this weekend. I would love – I mean, Twitter is going to be a blaze, I'm sure, with like – Roma Dunze, you know, could he be wide receiver one talk? Probably um, not going to go that far. I definitely think there's no shot in the world that he could jump that, but it is going to be something just seeing him down there. Now, Malik Neighbors will be talking to GM, so we will be hearing a little bit about him being there. He's just not going to test, but you know, you leave yourself a lot of chance to fall by not doing anything. But on to question number two. Uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels are all sitting out. Listeners out there, by the way, this question was initially going to be how fast is Jaden Daniels going to run, and is that going to potentially put him over Drake May? 
and then Jaden Daniels opted out. And it made this question kind of irrelevant, but we're going to put a little twist on it. So without Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels all sitting out, is J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., or Bo Nix going to take advantage of any of them being out? Yeah, I mean, I think the wheels are in motion for McCarthy being a top 10 pick already. I mean, it's it's everywhere. We're seeing the momentous rise that happens every year, and it's J.J. McCarthy. I think Drake May is putting himself in the most suspect position out of all these guys by sitting out because he doesn't have that one trait that really stands out, like Daniel's speed. Uh, the other guy I think that could really make enough noise in their absence would be Spencer Rattler to kind of make a jump uh, up there and kind of disrupt this hierarchy that we have in place. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right about that. I actually, like, this is going to sound crazy, and I know that this is going to come off as me being biased. I think J.J. McCarthy having the biggest spotlight on him is actually going to hurt him because you don't have Caleb Williams, Drake May, or Jaden Daniels kind of like taking the spotlight away from you. The rest of these guys like Penix and Bo Nix could potentially be second round picks. It would not surprise either of us if they fell, fell out of the first round completely. So they have everything to gain by being here. JJ McCarthy is the only first round quarterback that's projected right now. That's going to be testing. So with the spotlight being so bright on him, any throw where he doesn't throw it as far as Bo Nix or he doesn't run as fast as, somebody else i don't even know who would not run as fast as as him um but who you know putting him side by side you put bonix or Penix, whoever against him and he doesn't look as good as them it's only going to make him fall down like i, I just feel i feel bad for him i'm not trying to sound like i'm hating i know it's going to come off that way i promise i'm not i like the spotlight might be too bright this weekend joe i'm kind of nervous for for the for the kids yeah, and you bring up a really good point there. That is not something I considered. I just heard, I forgot which GM it was, but they called him a, uh, a actual-sized Bryce Young is what, <laughs> or a prototypical-sized Bryce Young. And I was like, fuck, if they're already saying That's that, then he's going man. top 10. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any way. That that is a hilarious comparison. Yeah, they said stretched out. Man. I don't know, stretched out or actual size or I don't know what the hell they said, but it was a really funny comment. I'm like, yeah, he's going top ten now. There's no way. Yeah, I and hey, that could still happen because I mean, when they get down there and they meet the kid and they actually understand um, and see what he's been doing this entire time, I think they're the mind already maybe made made up. I just feel bad that he is going to have the brightest light on him whereas these last couple years there's been a way for every quarterback to have a chance to shine or not shine or to do their you know like last year we had all the quarterbacks doing things so yeah you could see what was what and who was who but like this year it's just gonna be jj mccarthy all eyes on him at all times and I don't know. We're going to see if he can come through, but it's definitely going to be something I'm watching this weekend, especially like how it's going on social media, because there is going to be a trial of JJ McCarthy um, just based on what he's doing versus what the other guys are doing. Even I would say even against like Rattler and people down further, like just seeing him versus them, you're going to be like, wow. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that, but we'll see. You bring up a great point. That's definitely something I did not envision happening. So Thank you for playing devil's advocate because you're always there to, uh, you know, with these rookies, I get way too hyped up on them. 
Well, I mean, and it comes I off as me that. being a hating ass about no, not JJ McCarthy, but no, you've uh, met, you've had think... this stance, man. We haven't talked about Xavier Worthy yet, and I will have my stance on that one. So, you take your oh. stance here. That's fine. We'll get we'll get to him in this in this line you, of questioning. So, yeah. Do you think Joe Milton is going to become a popular name after this week? So, and and this is what I thought down in Mobile too. He looks. Like an NFL quarterback, he looks the part, Joe. It's just he, he doesn't do it like on the field. Like at Tennessee this entire season, he had a decent wide receiver court. Now, mind you, it wasn't great. Their best wide receiver was Squirrel White, which he may be a name we'll see next season. I, I don't know. I'm not going to rule him out, but He's that was the best wide receiver. He, he is a definitely name. a name. I cannot wait to do the Squirrel White conversation next offseason. But, uh, he was the best wide receiver. He was probably not a one. He's definitely a two. It was Jalen Hyatt and Squirrel White when um, Hendon Hooker was, you know, there last year. Um, so you kind of had to transition into that. But he's not a bad wide receiver, and he's his numbers should not have been that bad. So I don't know. I I would love to see it. I would love to see it more. I've seen people comping him to Anthony Richardson. He's way more of a thrower than Anthony Richardson was. It's not even close. But I guess I could see that kind of path for him. I just, I don't know, Joe. I just don't, I don't know. No, I'm, I'm with you. I just, I think he's going to run and then, <laughs> whoa, Joe Milton's here. And then we're having that Anthony Richardson discussion again, or he has one, you know, Zach Wilson-esque throw at the combine. And next thing you know, we're, we're talking about him in the first I round, so. I need them to allow him to uncork the ball and throw it 90 yards in the air. I've seen a video of it. It can be done. I don't know what that means for the – I wonder – I've always wondered, Joe, why don't they have a quarterback that just comes in to do Hail Marys? Like that's their only job is to throw one deep ball, and that's all they do. They don't – you know, it's kind of like having a specialty kicker or something, yeah. but it would be just one guy that comes in and he just launches it down the field however far it needs to go. I was going to say like a hybrid punter, long thrower, or long snapper, <laughs> yeah. Hail yeah, Mary exactly. guy would be a sick position. Just a Hail Mary specialist. That's what you we'll, we'll see Taysom Hill do it next year. I guarantee it. So well, that'll be it, his role next year. Yeah, that would be fun. But trust me, the Joe Milton conversation will be had this weekend because it, seeing him in person, he does look the part. It is hard to not see him and think, man, that guy kind of looks like he would be a, a quarterback. But I don't know. I guess we'll we'll see after this weekend. All right, on to question number three. Will Lytu Latu Latu's uh, medicals matter? I am butchered that name, but he is a defensive end from UCLA. So, Joe, will his medicals matter? They damn well should matter. Um... I mean, Latu came back from being – he was forced to medically retire in 2021. Then he goes to UCLA and puts up 23 and a half sacks in two years. He got the Pat Tillman Award, Defensive Player of the Year Trophy. Ted Hendricks, uh, Best Defensive End in College Football Award. He got the Morris Trophy. I mean, he's an abs- he won every accolade known to man. But spine and neck injuries are no fucking joke, especially the surgically repaired ones. So one wrong hit – one wrong move. I mean, if he poses for the camera the wrong way, his career could absolutely be over. And for a team taking him in the first round, that is a gigantic risk. Okay. 
I guess I'm just going to be the double advocate for all this entire podcast. Didn't see that being how this worked. Okay, so the only <laughs> thing I would like to remind the audience. Now, this was not a spinal injury, so I'll preface it by saying that. Spinal injuries are definitely a lot more, well, I'm saying that. I don't know if they're worse, but they're definitely kind of bad. So Jalen Phillips, also medically retired in college um, due to concussions, and he was out of football came back, went to the University of Miami. It's funny, he actually retired from UCLA and then went to Miami. And that opposite kind of happened with Latu, where he retired from Washington and then came to UCLA. But Jalen Phillips went in the first round, pick 18 overall, and he had medically retired. So there is precedent for a player coming back. Also, Grant Calcaterra, who's a tight end for the Eagles, also medically retired from Oklahoma. Uh, revived his career, I believe, at SMU. I can't remember exactly. But he ended up, you know, he's playing in the NFL right now. He had medically retired. He actually became a firefighter for a little bit um, and then came back to football and then now plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. So there is precedent. Both of those were concussions, though. This is a spinal injury. So I have to agree with you, Joe. This might be a huge concern for a spinal injury coming in. We'll see, though. He, He was very, very productive at UCLA. And just watching him, it's just you fall in love with the player. You just you wish he didn't have these problems going on. Yeah, man, I, I agree with you there. Um, just being a golf guru and seeing the amount of damage that spine injuries can actually do to people and how easy they are to re-aggravate, it's just very worrisome. I love his – I mean, if he can stay healthy, he he could be one of the best defensive ends in the league in five years. It, it would not surprise me if that happened. But seeing that and – I don't know. And then we, you know, with Leighton Vander Esch, he had that neck issue where he's, I mean, we don't know if we're ever going to see him again. So, yeah, I don't know. Necks and spines, I am not a fan of them. Or I, I am a well, huge fan then, of healthy ones. I'm not a fan of unhealthy. Well, and then Matt Stafford has spinal injuries. I was actually thinking he should just retire last offseason and he comes back and has a very productive year for the Rams, takes him to the playoffs. Like, didn't think that was going to happen. So, yeah, this is very strange. I can't wait till we have our medical expert back on, Tom, so he can kind of kind of try to get him to talk about it a little bit when he was on in January, but and he hadn't really looked over it yet. But this will be fascinating, especially if he clears everything um, this weekend and see what Tom thinks going forward. Like, how much risk are we talking? Because if they sign off on him, then are we good to go? Should we still be concerned? I don't know. You know, it's very interesting. He's going to have to be taking iodine tablets before he goes to the combine because he is going to be in so many MRI machines. It's going to be ridiculous. So hopefully (laughs) he doesn't get radiation poisoning while he is at it. I hope not, but hopefully this puts it to bed once and for all. And I'm sure he, if he declines it, by the way, that is a major red flag. Like if, if, if we find out on Twitter that he declined to do the medical testing, which I don't know if they can decline that, but I feel like they can. That would be a huge I feel concern. Like the HIPAA, HIPAA would probably allow you to decline that. I don't know. Is yeah, it going to be like a Laramie Tunzel thing where draft night they're going to like release an x-ray on Twitter of his neck? <laughs> <laughs> would be hilarious if they did. That would be amazing if a team wanted him that bad and they're just like, hey, leak the photo of his neck on Twitter right before the draft. That would be I'm hilarious. I'm just picturing a meetup was- with the guy in a trench coat just handing over an x-ray file like, you can make a whole show out of that, dude. Yeah, which one file do you want here? And he opens up, and he's got like 15 files of stuff, medical information. Uh, that would New be career funny. path. Yeah, I like it. All right, on to question number four. 
Will any running back be able to vault themselves into the top 50 picks, basically into the top of the second round discussion? Not going to get any first rounders out of this draft. I don't think that would be insane. But could we get anybody that's going to be a top of the second round type player after this combine? Yes. And his name is Jalen Wright from Tennessee. He is going to go in the top 50. He is everything and then some. He's fast as hell. I don't know what his 40 time is going to be, but there, everyone thinks it should be about a 4-3. Would not shock me. You know, watching his game speed, he is electrically quick. He has the size at 5'11", 210. Wasn't used much as a receiver in Tennessee, but he can absolutely do that. And he's one hell of a pass protector. So if he runs a fast 40 and is looking pretty fluid catching the balls, I think he will go high. I mean, the only knock that I have seen or had with Jalen Wright is his frame. But we're kind of, I mean, he's not hes not the most muscular dude. He's, he's strong, but he's kind of slender. Um, but we're past the year of, of bruising backs. I mean, we're not going to get any sort of massive running back. Let's it's years of the past. So he doesn't need to be strong. He needs to be quick and powerful. And that's what he is, man. That was actually who I was going to talk about too. So I will bring up somebody else in a second, but just to kind of add on to what you're talking about with Jalen, right? Um, so yeah, I think speed is going to be a major thing. It was kind of interesting last year's combine Devon, a chain. Uh, we were kind of thinking he might actually go for the record and actually beat the record for the 40 time. Um, because he is that fast. <laughs> Um, but he was unable to do it, and uh, he ended up being in the four threes, which ended up dropping him all the way to the third round, and that was a disaster for Devon Achain. But as we can see what happened with this year, he got into Miami. He ends up being one of the top rookie running backs in the NFL, and that was just simply an incredible move for him. So I think Jalen Wright might be the same situation, actually. I think it might be very something more interesting than than that, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, I'll just mention my one, just because this is my second most interesting one, is uh, Braylon Allen from Wisconsin. I just want to know his height and weight, because if it's true, he is 6'2", 220. I think he might that might be able to boost him up enough. Now, that sounds crazy, because that's just height and weight, like, duh. But, like, Wisconsin could be lying about that. But those are the perfect measurements. Like those are 99 percentile measurements, both of those together for running back. And he is only 22. Like he definitely could end up being a really good running back in the NFL. And if you find out that mixed with whatever else he does, um, as far as like the pass catching and the running drills and everything, three cone, um, he could end up easily boosting himself up. And I definitely could see him being another guy that could boost himself up into the top 50 potentially. If all those measurables come out exactly how they're listed on the website. Yeah. I mean, I, there've been reports like he's been like 240 and like all kind of stuff. Yeah. So maybe he's just, maybe he's just shooting up with those Zempic out there and, and trying to drop a <laughs> bunch of extra weight. I don't know if it's all muscle or not, but with Braylon Allen, um, the size, like if he were to go to Tennessee where they already had Derrick Henry and they know how to use a guy like that, that'd be fine. Um, I just – I don't see it with Braylon Allen. I really don't. I've actually been meaning to talk to you about this, so I guess we can get into it right now. But my yeah, running backs after after doing this research, I mean, I think Jonathan Brooks is still my number one. I know the ACL is is really shitty. The health is an issue, take, but – yeah. He is my number one running back after watching it. Um, I guess with his ACL, you could put Jalen Wright ahead of him right now, but those are kind of my one, two. And then it kind of goes Bucky Irving and 
maybe Blake Corum, and I don't know after that. I mean, it just falls off of a cliff. I I hear you. I think you're missing the boat on Braylon Allen. That's just that's just what I think. Like I see the Bucky Irving thing, um, but I do think he was kind of part of a two-headed monster. Braylon Allen this year kind of was a part of a two-headed monster. He was injured a little bit though. Um, but I definitely think he could hold down a team. Landing spots are gonna matter a whole bunch. I know that you know that's kind of a lame thing to say because it's boring and everybody says that, but it is interesting, it is something to uh watch as this offseason goes but i don't know i think if his measurables come out like top 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 guys it might actually boost him up i don't know we'll see no i feel you there i just want to do a spider-man meme of him and aj Dillon. just point at each other. that's Same. fair i yeah. i don't you see him as aj Dillon. i do not see him as aj Dillon. but we'll see like that that's how that's how this goes joe we'll see and i think after this weekend where we may be having a different discussion um, come, you know, further pods when we're talking about rookies. You're right, though. I definitely want to see his measurements. The, it will be something I need to – I'm marking down as like, what is that? But we'll see. All right, on to number five. What will it take from Quinion Mitchell, Cooper DeGene, or Terion Arnold to solidify themselves as the cornerback one in this draft? Well, I still have Kool-Aid as my number one cornerback in this class. Um, Interesting. The SEC, okay. The SEC just learned to not throw the ball his direction, and that's kind okay. of what that's kind of what happened. Um, so I like Kool-Aid. I think he's my number one. But I think you know, wow. out of this group that you have, I think it's Quinion Mitchell from Toledo, just because he's the, he's the entire package. And if he runs quick and he looks fluid out there, then I mean, he should be the one. I believe. Okay, Joe. I did not see. I did not see us going there. Kool Aid has been losing a lot of steam, which I agree. I think maybe he's. I think we're doing the typical offseason thing where we're dropping players that didn't do anything wrong just because we need to switch it up a little bit. But I am like Quinion Mitchell is my guy. I mean, we have to see how fast he's going to run. That is going to be the most interesting thing. His high school or his not high school coach, his college coach says he can run a four two. If he can run a four two as a cornerback. Yeah, that's going to get him as quarterback one, and I don't think it's going to be particularly close because any guy that can keep up with Tyreek Hill stride for stride and cover him, I mean, what are we talking about? That is a weapon that you're going to need in your offense. And, yeah, that that's my answer is I think it's going to be Quinion Mitchell. Yeah, no, I, that, that's insane. I did not know this whole 4-2 nonsense. If, that's what that's if, what his coach dude, says. We'll see. We'll that's see. exciting I, as hell. I, I mean, that might – that might get him in the top six, seven conversation come draft time if he does do that. But no, he's he's the whole package. I mean, I really I think Dijon, like I said before, I think they're gonna kind of play him in a weird hybrid role. So I don't know yeah. if he'll come out like as a true cornerback. And then Terry on Arnold's about as solid as you can possibly get, but I think those other two guys are just a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, and what Quinion Mitchell did at the senior bowl, I mean, he was locked down every player. Like was like, uh, this guy doesn't. What is this guy doing here? Like, this is how, he's from Toledo, really. Like that guy's from Toledo because he was just locking everyone down. Every wide receiver he went against, he was winning most of the reps at least. Um, so yeah, I am interested to see what about Cooper Dijon. I know it's a boring topic. Everybody's like, oh, he's going to switch to safety. I actually think you should just stick at cornerback. I don't. I don't think you have to switch him over. 
I, I know it, it's like the fun thing to do because he's tall, but like you didn't have to. He could play cornerback. I mean, he played it at an elite level at Iowa, so there is no real reason that he has to switch over. But it is interesting to see exactly how he works out this week. But Quinion Mitchell is the one I'm looking for, and I think he could be a top 10 player by the end of this weekend. Oh, absolutely. And that's exciting to look at. I mean, to, to your point, the Cooper DeJean, I mean, his versatility very well could make him the cornerback one of this class. But I still think Kool-Aid is the most talented. I mean, we saw Christian Gonzalez and Devin Witherspoon buck this trend a little bit last year of cornerbacks that are absolute studs that you don't start in IDP leagues. But, mm-hmm. you know, think about Sauce Gardner. You think about uh, a lot of these other guys. They just don't get the ball thrown at them and their stats suffer because of it. So, when you're looking at a guy like Kool Aid, I think that's exactly the that's exactly what happened last year. They were they would rather pick on Terry on Arnold than Kool Aid, which is crazy to say. I think you might be right about that. Um, all right, let's get on to the next question. Uh, this is broad as hell, and I'm sorry, Joe. I hate making broad questions, but you know we got to do it sometimes. Number six question: Who has the most to lose at this combine? It's a great question. And for as broad as it is, there's only one answer here, and that's Drake May. I mean, him. That's insane. We didn't even talk about this. That's exactly what <laughs> I have to That's yours, too. That's insane. Well, I want to hear your I've, – I've had the floor every question here, so I want to hear your reasoning. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, mine is Drake May, too. Listen, everyone out there, this has Mitch Trubisky written all over it. He did not play enough games at North Carolina to carry – what his draft stock is. I get it that he has an elite build. He has the 6'5 frame. He has the weight. He has the ability to throw the ball, even though that, that can be suspect to me at times. This would scare the bleep out of me that he's not going to do anything at this combine. This would have been the opportunity of his lifetime, especially, I know he didn't know this, but without Caleb Williams there and without Jaden Daniels there, this would have been his chance to prove that he is a top-of-the-line first-round quarterback, top three pick, lock it in. You have no doubt in your mind because you would just be – it's a layup line. You're going against J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, Spencer Rattler, Joe Milton. Like, you're going against guys that you easily know that you can be better than, but you didn't. You opted out. You're just doing – you're going to talk to teams. And I'm obviously way nervous because some games, if you watch Drake May, are going to scare you to death because there's some games where he's playing college – uh, offense or defenses and getting locked up like he's not even able to do anything I swear everyone out there if you need to watch one game of Drake May and I know that one game does not prove everything about a quarterback go watch him play against North Carolina State it's one game and he needed to win that game and they just destroyed him Peyton Wilson was living in his living room basically the entire game and I I walked away from that game being like this guy's gonna be a top three draft pick how in the world is that going to happen and from to go from that where i already had questions to now this where he's not going to test at the combine i this is has fool's gold written all over it to me joe and it scares me to death uh what do you think no i everything you said is spot on i mean i just think when you look at the guys like bo nicks penix rattler McCarthy, you know, Joe Milton, you look at these guys, they have nothing but to gain. I mean, there's, you brought up McCarthy possibly losing a little bit, but all of these guys with a solid performance can absolutely vault them into the next stratosphere as far as the draft hype goes. 
But when you look at Drake May, I mean, McCarthy just won a national championship. Penix was yep. just in the national championship. Bo Nix was really studly, made it to the playoffs. Milton's a freak of nature. And then Rattler had a pretty remarkable career up until the weird Caleb Williams thing. And then, you know, it makes sense. But had a pretty good uh resurrection of his career last year so all of these guys have very strong resumes coming in drake may is the one guy that doesn't have that he might have the stats but he was playing against subpar competition so i don't see it 26 total starts joe 26 i'm pretty sure mitch trubisky had like 21 like it it's same school it uh, it just scares me. It makes me feel things that I don't like to feel because Mr. Trubisky was also 6'5", and he was also taken in the in the top two picks of the draft. I mean, he was a Bears fan, obviously. Remember how right. that went. Don't yeah, need we to. traded up one uh, spot for, to make sure we got Mitch, you know. But this just makes me so nervous for him. So, yeah, who has the most to lose the combine? It's Drake May, and it's because he's not going to do anything other than have meetings with NFL teams and – he better nail those meetings, Joe, because the second they start bringing up some of the game film he has from last season, there is a lot of question marks on that game film. So, yeah, he's got a definitely be something. Uh, teleprompter in front of him just so he doesn't fuck that up. He's gonna need it because, yeah, that was a really rough season to have. To have, I mean, we'll see. It might not end up mattering, but man, I, I would have loved to have seen him just completely dominate this weekend and prove once and for all that he's for sure a top three pick, but we won't get to see that. We'll be following along on Twitter and hearing about how he's nailing all of the, uh, nailing all of his interviews. All right. On to question number seven, are they going to have to shrink the draft in the future with all the NIL deals? Joe, go ahead. Yeah. I, I don't know how much yet, but I think they're going to have to, you know, we were really on a run there from like 2014 and up where as soon as these guys could declare for the draft, they were doing it. But now with the transfer portal and the portal and the NIL money, the number of juniors coming out is almost 50% lower this year than it has been. And that is crazy. And I think we see that trend continue. Um, I'm going to give a middle of the road answer. So I think with the COVID situation that everyone went through, you can add on a year. Um, you can take, and then that's as soon as that, you know, ended and we still are dealing with people having COVID years, by the way, they're still out there and still using that extra season. Um, but you have that and then, then you introduce the NIL deals in the transfer portal. I'm kind of in wait and see mode. I don't know. Eventually we may get to that point, but I need to see it first. I'm not going to lie. Next year's draft class is going to be one of the years where I'm wondering about that because next year's draft class at least looking at it from afar is is other than running back is scary because there is not a quarterback you would trust right now. There's not a wide receiver necessarily. There's one that you would like, but like the rest of them, you don't know. So there is definitely something to that. I think it's going to affect certain positions running back more than others, especially as they get devalued in the NFL. I think it's going to affect them more than others. Um, but at the same time, like, Running backs aren't getting drafted high. Of course, they're going to be incentivized to stay there longer. Wide receivers, especially the ones that go in the second and third round, they have a better chance to get a large NIL deal in college rather than stay there. I mean, Jordan Addison, if he didn't go in the first round, was going to be making a huge mistake. He would have made 
a at least a million dollars. If he went in the second round, he would have been getting paid less than that. So I do think that will affect certain players, but I'm still kind of in wait and see mode because we had like a, a big like dam that was holding in all of this water of all of these players that had an extra COVID year. And this year it's breaking to where we're getting an influx of big talent. So next 25 season, year old running backs, you know, yes. 25 year old running backs for sure. We have 26 year old uh, quarterbacks too. Yeah. It's kind of weird, but I think next season will be the time that I will start wondering next draft season. We'll see where we're at. I, I'm, I'm kind of in wait and see mode. Yeah. It's just a question that I have because I think the NIL money is only going to increase. And, you know, I mean, guys like Abuka that went back to Ohio State because of how stacked this wide receiver class is, he's probably going to be making about as much money as he would make if he had stayed in this year's draft and gone in the second or third round. I mean, I I don't know. It's just no, maybe I, we I, hack I, off the seventh round because it's pointless anyway. Sorry, uh, Brock maybe we'll see if anything joe here's the thing the way that the people love this draft we may just make it 10 rounds again like it used to be back in the day there was like 18 rounds of players taken um and then just make it to where like the free agents are part of the draft or something like something dumb like that um definitely could be really it. interesting wouldn't that be interesting to see how yeah. that goes um but i mean there that would we're a while away from that happening um all right on to question number eight Austin Booker or Jonah Ellis, will either of them vault themselves in the conversation as defensive ends um, with insane workouts this week? Yeah. I mean, okay. I love Austin Booker. I, Billy, I've mentioned this name to you about a hundred times, but he's, yeah. he's got all the tools. He's raw as hell, but I really like him. And I think if he goes to the combine and just kills it, he could really shoot up draft boards. I mean, Jonah Ellis had those weird, Weird injuries at Utah. They didn't say anything about him, but he missed the season, missed the rest of the season last year. So he was really solid. And then, you know, you got another name I want to bring up here is Javon Solomon from Troy. He had 16 sacks last year and is just like a freak of nature athlete. So I think with the edge class this year being kind of so so, it's very top heavy. Uh, most of this draft is yeah. very top heavy. But I yep. think we could see one of these guys position themselves in the top five at the position with a strong workout. Yeah, um, I'm just going to talk a, a little bit. Austin Booker, I agree. I think he's going to be a name that everybody's going to be talking about come next week. I think that he's definitely going to be one, especially in I, the IDP world. I think he'll be a name that a lot of people are talking about. I just want to talk a, lot, a little bit about Jonah Ellis out of Utah. I I am interested, especially like he had a season ending injury this season. Like he missed three games and we didn't really get to ever know what that was. Um, it, they said he's going to be fine to do the combine measurements and everything. So we'll see exactly what that is. But I think just the air of mystery of Jonah Ellis is actually going to be a benefit weirdly because there is a little bit more unknown about him and we'll see if that helps him or hurts him potentially. I guess that could be a thing, um, but we'll see. I think Jonah Ellis could definitely vault himself in the conversation potentially being a day two pick. I mean, they, I would think third round is, is definitely possible and second round's not far behind if everything breaks right for him And the combine is a great place, especially in the interviews and the medicals and, just the drills alone to show exactly what you're able to do. Yeah, I love the way you, you look at it as an injury being a benefit because 
you know, it's weird, when, but it is. Yeah, it's it, just that undisclosed thing next to it. I know we see that from time to time, but it's like, okay, what the hell is actually College going is so on? College so shady, man. Right. College is so shady. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Good medical report and every. I, I like his tape a lot. He looks really good as well. He does. One thing I I don't I didn't love it, but I liked about Lincoln Riley was that if somebody like broke their ankle, he would just say they have a lower body injury. He would have no clue what he they went meant. Straight hockey like, with their, it. They could be amputated. He'd be like, "Yep, they have a lower body injury. Um, could be yeah. out a couple weeks." He'd be like, "Lincoln, they're missing a leg. He's not coming back. He's done playing football. We'll see. That's... We'll see." And, like that's just that's just how shady college is, is right. man. Like he's day to day, man. Yeah, exactly. There was a, uh, I think it was Theo Weiss. He's a wide receiver at Mizzou when he was playing at Oklahoma. And he had like a really bad injury that was going to keep him out of the season. I think it was something to do with his head. And he was just like upper body injury. He's going to be out for the season. It's like, what? What do you mean? Like, what? What happened to him? Yeah, exactly. It's like, is he all right? Like, what do you mean out for the season? Upper body injury. Like, you don't give us anything more than that. But no, we never end up finding out what it is. And yeah, it's just, yeah, college is such a shady game. I found that out mostly from Lincoln Riley, but this has that written all over it with the season undisclosed season in the injury um, that barks up the same tree, if you will. Right. Um, Especially with it being a season ender, because even if you're trying to have a competitive edge there, if the guy's out for the season, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe Jonah asked like, Hey, don't say anything. Cause I don't want the NFL teams to know about it, but it makes no sense to me. <laughs> I guess that's what it is. It's very weird. Okay, on to question number nine. Who solidifies himself as the top safety in this draft, Joe? Dude, this safety class is wild. I, I'm i going to pick your brain here because, I mean, I think like the top three you're looking at are Newbin, Kitchens, and Brady. I mean, that's kind of what I'm seeing. But then you got Cole Bishop, who completely boring but is an absolute stud. You got Javon Bullard, who is awesome. And then fucking James Williams is 6'5", 224, coming in as a safety. On the other side, you got Kalen Bullock from USC, 6'3", 180. And then Jaden Hicks, who is just like a Jaquan Brisker on steroids type thing um, as a box safety. So, like, for IDP purposes here – I. I just don't understand how all these shake out because I keep seeing, I think Kitchens is my favorite guy just based off of how freaking ridiculously powerful he hits people. He absolutely destroys people and everyone talks about his coverage skills, but I mean, he's a tone setter for real. So I think he's my favorite guy, but I just wanted to pick your brain on these dudes because I don't know. All right. I'm going to attack this from three different, three different points. Uh, My first point is the James Williams point from Miami. He is actually going to be a hybrid safety linebacker. Um, when he was at the Senior Bowl, they had him listed as that, and he did drills with both groups. Um, it's kind of hilarious to watch him play with the safeties because he is gigantic and the rest of them aren't. Um, so I think James Williams is going to have to go to a very like a system that needs something like that, like the Giants maybe could use something like that. Um, a player that could be a hybrid player, I feel he leans more towards a linebacker, even though the size is a little not there, but his just ability to cover because he has those safety skills um, does make him interesting, especially for IDP purposes, because I think he can affect the game in a multitude of ways to where some safeties um, maybe aren't. Um, next so it's one a I Jerry Jones about. guy. That's, that's all. Um, you, 
I could see that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I hate to say that he kind of plays like uh, Isaiah. Oh man, that guy from the Cardinals that we Isaiah talk about Simmons. every week, and I forget his name. Yes, Isaiah Simmons yeah. kind of plays like that, but I think he's a little bit cleaner than what that was because I don't think that was going to ever work. And I think Isaiah Simmons was it, that was a tragic use of him in that defense for Arizona. Um, but I think this could be a, another opportunity to right that wrong for a different team. Um, all right. Next one I want to talk about is Tyler Newbin from Minnesota. Love the size. I'm going to be watching to see and make sure that he is actually 6'2", 205, because if that is true, he's probably going to be my number one guy, no matter what round he gets taken in, because that is just insane measurables. He has the coverage ability. He can drop in coverage. I think he's going to be a tackle monster as well. Um, there's some little bits and pieces of his agility that you kind of probably have a problem with, but he can still cover the field really well. And then the guy that you mentioned, Cam Kitchens, I just liked everything about his game. I think he is going to be a tackle monster. And, yeah, no, that it's probably Kitchens. Um, if I had to guess who's going to be the top safety after this weekend. Um, but I definitely could see it being Newbin is my personal favorite, and I will be taking him in drafts if he measures out the way that they have him listed on the Minnesota website. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I like Tyler Newbin a lot. The other guy that I have is kind of a dark horse would be Cole Bishop, um, just because he doesn't do anything poorly. He is very solid across the board. So I think I think he could sneak in there with a good workout. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Okay. On to question number 10, our 10th and final question. Will there be a trade shortly after this week? Joe, is there somebody that you have in mind for this question, or were you just thinking out loud? Well, I was thinking out loud, but the the obvious name here is Justin Fields. Um, we, we saw Ryan Poles talk yesterday, and he essentially, without saying it, essentially said that he is all ears on trading Justin because he said, you know, we're – we're keeping Justin up to date on everything. You know, we want to put him in the best position possible in every word possible and body language said, Hey, we're going to trade Justin Fields. So we're open for business. Um, I don't know if anything gets done, you know, soon with the whole Justin Fields thing. I think it's in the bears best interest for that to happen, but you got other guys like Khalil Mack uh, has been a trade candidate. People were talking about, I don't know if that's something that would happen. Discussions at the combine, you got Stefan Diggs, who's clearly unhappy in Buffalo. And then, hell, I mean, Justin Jefferson's name has been thrown around a lot. And I don't know if you saw it, but on TikTok, there is a store at um, U.S. Bank Stadium in Minnesota that's got a bunch of Justin Jefferson jerseys that they were taking off of the shelves. So there's a lot of stuff going around right now. It's that time of year. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there are some pretty interesting names to watch here. What do you think? Um. I do think, I mean, Justin Fields is getting traded. That's for sure going to happen. And I would be, I'm kind of concerned that it hasn't already happened because they said they want to get it started before the com, or they want to do it before the combine. And like, hello, we're we're three days into the combine. It's already starting. Like, what 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 are we waiting on? I guess maybe it's by the end of the weekend, but I don't know. So that's definitely what I'll be following for sure to see. Um, but if I can take a smidge of your question out, I think that this is going to be a big week for free agent quarterbacks. I think this is going to be the mo like the time to shine if you're a free agent quarterback because the top three guys aren't playing, Joe. And so all of the world is going to see is the you know QB four and below playing 
and you're gonna be like this this is what we're we're getting this season like what what is going on here so we got players like baker mayfield gardner Minshew, kirk cousins if he doesn't sign back i think he might um i think even ryan Tannehill and russell wilson might get an opportunity to show what they can do um i think even players like james winston who we haven't really seen much of the past couple but like i think there's gonna be some big deals given out just because Every team needs some, most teams need a quarterback and they don't have one. And I think this season would be a good chance to snag one of these free agents. And I think when you look at the class that's going to be participating in the combine, it's going to scare enough people. And I'm sure some GMs to be like, yeah, that's a project right there. I'm going to need a guy that can actually play this season. So I think it's going to actually lead to some of these quarterbacks like a Baker Mayfield getting a big contract when maybe they don't need it, like maybe they didn't need to get paid that much, but just the scared factor of it all is going to lead to them getting a big contract. Dude, I love the way you thought of that one. That is, that is an absolutely brilliant point, and it makes me even more excited for the uh, Justin Fields trade. Hopefully we can get a haul for him. Hopefully it happens soon. I love Justin Fields. I will cheer whatever team he goes for, but just to cover some news here, um, Justin Fields unfollowed the Bears. We all knew yep. that. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields' dog also unfollowed the Bears. His oh, dog gosh. has a social media account. I think it's Instagram, but he unfollowed the Bears. So that is big news there. That means Joe, the dog needs the dog needs a mental health break, just like Justin Fields does. It's not just Justin Fields that needs a break from football. The dog also needs a break from football. So could be just a simple case of, you know needing a, a minute away from social media um, it's real news when a dog needs a mental health break man that's that's all I'm yeah saying. no <laughs> kidding um but yes i think if the Bears, believe me we'll know if they do if they did it this way or not but if the bears entire plan was to wait until we see these quarterbacks that are at the combine play and then they trade justin fields because you know, even the J.J. McCarthy team is going to be like, uh, we're not starting him this season. What are we going to do? And we find out that Justin Fields was like, all right, we're going to throw him out there. And a team's going to trade a lot because they need to start a quarterback this season. It's just genius if that's what the Bears are doing. I don't want to give them that much credit yet. But if they come out and say that was the plan all along, I will stand and applaud. Because I think we're going to have a quarterback crisis by the end of this weekend. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I wouldn't put it past Ryan Poles. He's a pretty, he's a tricky guy. He's very smart in what he does. I could see him sitting those guys down and be like, Caleb, we're drafting you. Jaden, you're going to Washington. Drake, you're going to the Patriots. You don't need to practice. I've already talked to them. That's what's going to happen. Yep. So you guys just stay at home. You know, we'll we'll give you some Paramount. You can watch Halo, watch the new season, <laughs> take it easy. And uh, and just, just don't go to the combine. For sure, for sure. Okay, well, Joe, that's all 10 questions we have this uh, before this weekend. Um, listeners out there, the Combine's going to be going on all weekend. We're going to be covering on our social medias. Um, there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff happening this weekend. Joe, before we get out of here, though, is there any kind of interesting thing that you're thinking of that we didn't cover in these questions or anything that you're looking at that we didn't mention? Nothing really that, that we didn't mention. Just watch Jalen Wright. I really think for fantasy purposes, you know, he could find himself in the first round of your rookie drafts with a strong performance here. We don't know where he's going to end up, obviously. But, you know, watch those guys. Um, 
wide receiver after a Dunze is really going to be interesting. I really, mm-hmm. you know, Lad McConkey could easily find himself, you know, up in that conversation with them. I don't know what Adnai Mitchell is going to do. There's a lot of, I don't, is Adnai Mitchell participating in this combine? I think he is. I don't, I don't, I think he is. I too. thought I heard a report that he wasn't going to, but I could be wrong there. But there's a bunch of these wide receivers, like lower, not lower. There's still very high end wide receivers in any other draft, but that's going to be really shuffled up as well. So pay attention to these guys, kind of look how they fit. Uh, yeah, just be excited for free agency because we're going to have a lot of questions answered in the next month. Um, doesn't say that he's not doing it. So I'm assuming that means he is. Um, no, before, before we get out of here, I just want to mention, like, we didn't talk about tight ends at all at tonight, but watching Brock Bowers is a special experience. I'm assuming that he's going to participate in all of the drills. I'm interested to see how fast he is, Joe. I, I just, I don't think we've ever seen him actually tested, but I, I don't doubt that he couldn't run maybe a four, four as a tight end. It's possible. It it would be lumbering four, four, and it would be like, how in the world is that possible? Four four, but it could be. I uh, I don't know. I don't think it's impossible. Um, I think when you give people three months to just train for sprinting, that's you know, especially these world class athletes. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. For sure. And then um, also, while you were mentioning wide receivers, we didn't talk about them because I didn't get him in. But uh, Xavier Worthy, I am interested to see his speed. He is supposed to be the fastest wide receiver in this class. I'm pretty sure. Um, and I just kind of want to see what his speed is. I don't think he's going to break the time. The over-under for fastest time at the Combine is 4.26, which isn't the record. It's 4.22 is the record, but 4.26. I'm interested to see how close Xavier Worthy can get to that number because I do think he could get close. I mean, I do do think he probably is going to be sub 4.3, but I am interested to see how close he can get to that 4.26. But I just – I think that's going to boost his draft stock. I think he's going to end up at the end of the first round after this weekend. Um, Just sheer speed. There's got to be one guy every year where the speed just runs away with this draft stock. And I think Xavier Worthy, as much as you may not appreciate him, um, I think just speed alone is going to carry the day, even if he isn't necessarily living up to that height. Yeah. No, it'll be really interesting to see how fast he runs. I, I think he's a solid player. I just think a lot more fanalists are talking themselves into Xavier Worthy than talking themselves out of Xavier Worthy. And I'm here to play the devil's advocate on that one. Hey, I watched him get locked all the way up to the moon against Oklahoma, so I already have a, a pre-bias against him because I I didn't see anything special. I saw them throw a slant at the goal line. He caught it on the four and didn't get into the end zone. He got – stood up couldn't push through because he wasn't strong enough to do it and that's kind of where i think we're going to be at with xavier worthy unfortunately um but anyway yeah it would what, what would this podcast be if i didn't leave hating on texas so yeah all right everyone out there it looks like it looks like josh is going to be back next week which is exciting um Thank you all out there for listening tonight. Please follow at Offensive Points on Twitter. If you were going to follow us one week, this would be the week. Um, follow at Joe, OP Joe with two E's. Follow me at Ombre Bender. We're going to be talking about, uh, believe me, the RAS scores. Uh, wait till that graphic is flooded all over your timeline because that will be just completely flushing everything out and everybody will be talking about RAS scores. 
Um, We're going to no be reading Smith. those harder than Chris Ballard. So yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Everybody's like that, that Razzcore graphic alone got Nolan Smith taken in the first round last year. I will not be proven otherwise. That is the, I mean, he did have a perfect combine mind you, but that Razzcore graphic, Joe, just, it looks so clean. He had to be yeah. taken in the first round. Yeah, it really did. It just made sense. So that okay. image they used was him jumping. Wasn't it yeah. when he did the, yeah, the it vertical? Was. Yeah. yeah. It was the vertical picture. Yeah. It was just like reaching for the stars. Like he's an astronaut draft him in the first round. Yeah, no, it was incredible, but Hey, it worked at the same time. So that being, that being said, go enjoy the combine this weekend. We appreciate you listening to the podcast. We'll be back next week. Joe, get us out of here. Good night. Possums have a, uh, go have a steak dinner. Thank you.